Okay, so here we are. We are going to discuss today the, the simple proven six-step process for retaining four additional clients in just four weeks without spending a dime in advertising or marketing, okay? And so the goal today is going to be to help you build the key machine, the system that helps you convert your leads. That's our goal. And I'm going to, at the end, prove to you how simple it can be to create four new clients in four weeks. Now, for those of you who are in my world and you're used to hearing me, you're, this is going to be familiar to you. These are going to be... Um, we, we call them blocking and tackling, right? This is the basics of making sure we get this right. For those of you who are new to my world, um, th this is the essential foundation that I build every principle off of. So this, this is the foundational principle that I have been teaching for more than a decade to attorneys and I've been using for more than 30 years to build my own businesses. It is the core principle that runs through all businesses. Every business I've ever owned, this principle has been in place. Now I've I've made it very specific to law firms and I'm gonna be teaching you today very specifically about how this applies to a law firm and I'll make myself available to answer questions and I can even maybe unmute some folks and talk later on or we can go through the question app, whatever it is we need to do. Uh, so uh, let's keep moving forward and we, we can uh, let me close some of this so I can see what's going on. So I can still see, there we go, I can see everybody. And beautiful, I can see what's next. Excellent, all right. So here's what we're gonna cover today. We are gonna cover the six step system I talked about, and I'm gonna go a little further. I'm actually gonna take it into an 11 step system because I want you to understand it on a much deeper level. But this is something that all successful law firms use. And when I say that, I've presented to thousands of attorneys uh, you know, in many different venues. And one day when I was presenting with uh, Ramsey, Dave Ramsey, uh, I, I, he had a, a program for bankruptcy attorneys and, and I got to present in the morning and Dave presented in the afternoon and it was just a highlight of my career. But anyway, at that presentation, one of the largest bankruptcy filers in the country, matter of fact, the largest bankruptcy filer in the country was there. And he came up to me afterwards and he, and he pulled out his iPhone and he said, uh, Mr. James, I says, I want to show you something. He said, what you just presented is, is the secret to what's allowed me to accomplish all of my goals professionally. And he, and he pulled out a cell phone and he showed me everything that I presented on this six-step system. He uses it too. All successful law firms I've ever met that have complete and total freedom use this system. And then I'm going to show you how to use this system to under, uncover the truth about the performance of your marketing. See, the challenge is, 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 is many of you are being lied to on a daily basis by vendors. Um, I know that because as I ran a law firm myself as the business manager, and so I know the vendors would come in and, and try to lie to me. And, and this system um, gave me the weapon I needed to be able to defend against their lies. When, when, they would say, when they would try to guarantee me some sort of a number or when they would try to tell me, you know, listen, if you just do this, you'll get one new client. And I broke down the math. And I had them show, show me how it worked. A lot of them ran out of the building with their tails between their legs because they realized I, I knew what I was talking about. And so this system is going to give you that ability, which just that in itself makes the system worth its weight in gold. Um, and, then, and then finally, we're going to go into the math of, of the four clients in four weeks. And then hopefully we'll have some time. I've, I've booked an hour and a half for this. And listen, if you got to go, you got to go. I get it. You've got clients. You've got consults. But if you want to stick around, um, I'm gonna, I'll answer some questions. Uh, I will go into if I need to go into an hour and a half for you folks. And if anybody's got real specific questions on how to, how to take this to their practice, we'll see if I can't 
bring you on live or, or answer your questions in the in the question queue. All right. So one of the questions I get all the time was, well, Richard, who is this for? Um, I think this picture, and I'm going to warn you in advance, it, you know, we can get a chuckle out of it, but um, this kind of summarizes the person that this usually works quickest for. Uh, and so if you feel like this is you, right? So, so whether you're the guy or the gal in this picture that you, you just feel like, you know, it just, it's not working the way you want it to work. Um, you, you don't get to get home in time for dinner um, or you um, don't take vacations without your cell phone or um, you, you can't find a way to coach your kids baseball team or soccer team. Um, or, you know, you don't make the money you feel you deserve. Like you, you put all these years and $250,000 in education, whether you borrowed for it, you paid for it, your family paid for it, whatever, um, you still, you know, you still had that investment and many of you still have a lot of debt and you're struggling as to making the kind of money you need to be out of debt at, at this point in your career, right? Um, and, and some of you um, are, are struggling with the idea that you're getting closer to the retirement wire and you're saying, you know, how will I sell my practice? And I'll tell you that this is the this is the one thing, this is the one system you need to know to maximize your value in your practice. Whether you're going to succeed it to somebody else, you're going to sell part shares to a partner, um, or you're going to actually put it out on the market and sell it. Or if, if you want the practice to run on its own without you actually having to be there to, to run the practice, have somebody else run it for you, this, what I'm about to teach you is the system that allows you to do that. Basically, uh, this whole system is what helps you go from what I call chaos, where many uh, attorneys find themselves where they're in debt, they're working seven days a week, um, there's no time, no money, and no plan, um, to, to the next stage, which is what I really want to help you get to. And that, and that looks like this. And I, and I call this the four futures. Now, if you've been with me, you, you know you've, you've heard me start talking about this recently this year, because I, I really believe that, you know, the main center future there is like if you do nothing and the best case scenario happens that nothing happens, you don't go up or you don't go down. But many attorneys, I find they, they see themselves in this chaos phase where, again, they're in debt, working seven days a week and they have no time, no money and no plan. And then and then sometimes they break free of that phase and they're in the growth phase where they're they're still kind of living month to month. They're not sure if they have the profit that they need or, um, you know, if they're sweating over payroll every time. Um, you know, it's funny, my payroll came out today and somehow I just, I didn't recognize that today was the day for payroll on the 28th. And, and I didn't even, it, it didn't, it didn't phase me. It didn't, didn't even recognize that. Normally that's not the case. Usually I'm right on top of it. My team runs it. And I, I know exactly when it's going to happen. When I wake up in the morning and I check my bank balances, I know that payroll is coming out. And this morning, I got to be honest with you, I, I, I had forgotten about it for whatever reason, probably preparation for this webinar. And, and um, the money went, the payroll was paid and, and all was good. And, and I got to tell you, I've been in those spots where I sweated payroll. I, I never missed the payroll, knock on wood, in my 30 years, never missed a payroll, had employees my whole career. Um, but, I, but I know what it's like to sweat payroll. And um, that's oftentimes what happens in the growth phase. And you're still working six days a week. And, and there's really no profit. Your profit is your draw, right? Your draw or your spouse's draw. Um, you know, you're not really taking profit. Profit, by the way, is defined as as you getting paid your market-based wage and you still make your 10, 15, 20, maybe more percentage to the bottom line after you're paid. That's so important to distinguish that. We're talking about profit after you're paid. So if you do nothing in the future, it's going to stay the same. But then if you 
if you move forward and you make the right decisions and you start to get healthy, which means you'll have your staff run your business and, and you actually can count on them because you have measurable systems for them to run and and you you work you know five days a week, not six or seven days a week. And you can take your vacations without your laptop and your cell phone and you can coach your kids ball team and you can get home in time for dinner and, and you're starting to see that you have some profit. You didn't maximize profit yet, but you've taken a market-based wage and you make some profit, right? Maybe you're making 3%, 5%, 7%, I don't know what it is, but you're making some profit. And then finally, working through that and getting ultimately to the ultimate profit level of you know keeping that 20% after uh, owner's benefit or after your 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 pardon me your market-based wage, and then getting to the freedom stage where, where you have passive income, where, like the the money comes in whether you roll over or you roll out of bed, and and you you work three days a week, uh, you know, and if you want to, you can work from home. And, and you really just put the hours in you need to put in and, and you have the freedom to come and go as you please. And you're, you're only doing this because you really want to, whether it's you want to practice law or you want to be the owner of the business. I don't know. But I, I need for this moment to have you stop thinking like a technician. I don't want you to think like a lawyer, like how am I going to get the what's he talking about? How can I only work three days a week? How will I bill and how will I make money? Well, the answer is the systems do all that for you. The other people do that for you. And, and this system I'm going to teach you now is, is getting you on the right path of it. And, and of course, that freedom stage means you, you have a million dollars in personal wealth. And that means, you know, you can put your hands on a million bucks um, and, and it's not just funny money. Um, and so that's this is where that freedom, that's where I want you all to get to is in that ultimate freedom stage. And some of you, you see down the bottom, you know, we're talking about a three year cycle on this kind of concept of how long it takes. And I can tell you that I've watched it happen in a year and, and that's really what I want. I want the freedom for you to happen in a year. And there are story after story and we'll share some of those maybe in a second, but but just know that you can accomplish this in, in 12 months, what we call the phenomenon. You, you can go from where you are today to where you wanna be. Whether you've been a, a member in my world for you know a year or, or four years and it just hasn't happened for you yet because there hasn't been that breakthrough or, or, or you're just seeing me for the first time and you're a guest here today, um, I can tell you that it is possible from now until the time that you start implementing this particular system, you can start seeing the freedom stage uh, become a reality. Uh, so many people say, well, why do you should listen to me? For those of you who know me, I, I hope you already know this answer. Um, many of you are on the call and in this webinar, and th these are some of your statements. And, and this is just a smattering of, of that. But this is, you know, things like my income increased by 154% net income. My net income is up 41%, salaries up 43%, salary up 250%. My business doubled in ter terms of revenue. The specific business went up 437%. I had 38% of the market. Now I have 49% of the market. Listen, I, I've been doing this too long now. I don't, I no longer wonder if this works. I promise you this works. If you're, if you've been with me a while and, and you just, you haven't completely bought in, I, I'm begging you, I'm begging you buy in because this is with the difference maker right here. This is the system. This is the one you have to perfect. Everything else I teach is a branch of this system. Everything else that I that I share with you to build comes off of this. You want to master this system. Now, the firm that I built in Phoenix, and here, here's the real reason I want to talk about this today, and here's the real reason why I think that it's vital for you to know it. Um, so if you don't know the story, I'll tell you real quick. The story is, remember, I... I started off, you know, as a serial entrepreneur. I ended up working with an attorney. 
um, locally in Phoenix after he heard me teaching these things to attorneys and, and his firm was doing, you know, no business uh, at that point because we just literally started off. We were sharing a desk. He sat on one side of the desk and I sat on the other side of the desk, kneecap to kneecap. I was on a laptop. He was on his desktop and we were working away. There was a phone on either side and we both used the phone and worked the phone. And we built that firm from two guys in a room sharing a desk to three and a half million dollars in annual gross sales. And, and that's a great story. The most important part of that story is, is he and I had our freedom along that path. So we could come and go as we please. We could take our vacations. We could work Saturdays if we chose. We, we could be home in time for dinner. That was the path. We, we built that, that business on that path on purpose. And it, it is possible. But what was interesting was of all of the people of the $3.5 million in annual gross sales, by the time it was all said, and of all the people who originally came and did business with him, What's important for you to know is 60% of them originally said no. They originally said no. And, and, and this is a writer downer, right? Because most of you have heard me say this, that if you've been around me at all, but what most attorneys miss is that the future is in their follow-up. And the system I'm going to teach you about is how to, how to put a system in place so you can identify where you should be paying attention to follow-up. We're going to be talking about the lead conversion system. But my rule is, and here's what you want to write down. My rule is um, we should follow up with the prospects. That means people who raise their hand and are interested in doing business with us and they're qualified until they buy, die, or unsubscribe. That's the rule. We, we should follow up with the prospects until they buy, die, or unsubscribe. And, and I mean that not in a salesman-like way. I mean, if you've been in my marketing funnel, you know I'm a pretty, pretty aggressive marketer. Um, but, but I try to do it politely and I try to do it respectfully. The fact that you're here means that you're not mad at me. Okay. But, um, I believe that I believe that if you are an attorney who is struggling with more, needing more time, needing more money or more systems, that I'm the right answer for you, that my systems that I teach actually is the right answer for you. And so, um, I think that you should believe if an, if a client needs a bankruptcy or a divorce or an immigration or a personal injury case or a criminal case or estate planning or business litigation or business transactional, if they need what it is you have to offer, that you better believe that you're the very best for them. Let me just make sure I'm, I'm talking to the right crowd here. Um, just type in the questions there. Yes, if you believe you're the very best person at what it is you offer in your practice area. Let me make sure I'm talking to the right people here and I'm not just talking to the world. So type yes in the questions if you believe that you're the right person. Okay, good. We're getting it. You're getting it, right? You better believe that you're the very best person for what it is that you do. Your firm is the very best at what it is you do. If if it's if you're not, then you need to get off this webinar and go do some rethinking, okay? Because this isn't for you. This this is a webinar for those who think they're the best at what they do, and, and everybody they talk to should be choosing them if they need their help. And so that's what this is about, helping you accomplish that goal today, okay? So let's keep going forward. Um, so now with all of this in place, here's what I know oftentimes happens. So as I work with attorneys, more often than not, we've got 71 out of, I think, 160 were registered. So I got 71 or 72 now that have showed up, all right, so far to this call. And what I find with attorneys is that um, they always have some reason why this might not work for them. Uh, often it's, Rich, you don't seem to understand if you knew about my practice area, you know what my practice area, it, it, it's different. Or, or the way we run our practice area, it's different. Or they say, Rich, if you knew about my town, where, where, where I come from, 
um, you, you would just understand this wouldn't work all that well. Or, or Rich, if you knew my staff, and you, you'd know they just wouldn't do what you're asking me to do. Now, I respect all of those positions, and I'm not going to argue with you because you're all attorneys and you're better at that than I am. But here's what I am going to ask you to do. This screen says, if it's, I want you to, it's time to, that should have said it's time to, so I need a spell checker. My wife will be all over me. It's time to momentarily set aside all disbelief and genuine distrust of all things too good to be true. For today, let's start with how can we make this work? So again, are, are you willing to come at this from a how can I make this work perspective? Give me a yes or a pound or whatever you want to do. Are you willing to make this work? Anybody? Yep, there. Okay, good. So here's what we got to do. We're going to start the same way I start with everybody. I promise you there will be no Kool-Aid at the end of this, but we are going to start the same way I start all the time. So while I can't necessarily see you all, I don't know if you're out there, if you're using uh, if you're using webcams or not. I'm using mine, but you can see me. Raise your right hand. I know you've all done this before, Counselor. I can't hear you, and I'm not going to turn off the audio for everybody. I'm just going to let you do it for yourself. And, yeah, it might sound silly. If you're in your office, people are going to wonder what you're doing. Repeat after me. My business is not different from yours. That's the promise we're making today, that we're going to walk into this, that my business isn't any different than yours. I have built literally hundreds of businesses with attorneys, and I've built a half a dozen of my own successful companies doing north of a million dollars in gross revenues. I promise you my business isn't different than your business, and I need you to come at this with a can-do attitude. Now that we have that behind us, a couple of new people have joined the call. You're probably wondering, oh my goodness, what did I just walk into? We are going to be covering the lead converting machine. Now, back to systems. Why do we need systems, right? You need systems. Um, so let's see how many of my amazing students we have on the call who know this answer. So fill in the blank if you know the answer here, okay? So we, uh, we, we say it like this. Systems should run your law firm and People should run your, type it in if you know the answer. There you go, run, you got it. System should run your law firm and people should run your systems, not the other way around. I, you need excellent people. I have excellent people in my firm. They're amazing, I cannot live without them, but it's vital that I have systems in place for them to run. And it's a full-time gig, making sure the systems are in place. I'm not going to lie to you. Systems, they're not, it's not like it's the easy button. I don't teach the easy button. That's not my thing. I'm, I don't just, that's not what I believe in. I don't believe you make a lot of money and gain your life and gain your freedom be, by being like everybody else and trying to do what's easy. If, if you want to live like nobody else, you better be willing to live like nobody else, right? So systems building is challenging. There's a lot of moving parts. There's time invested that we have to do, but, but it allows us, when we get these systems built, it allows us to leverage everything else. And so today we're going to talk about, let's, we're going to just make sure we get this right. There are three steps to systems building. And if you've been around for a long time, you should have these memorized. If you don't have them memorized, I, I beg you to commit these to memory because this is the foundation of every single system you will ever build. But specifically, the lead conversion system, This is this, these are the three parts of the lead conversion system that you need to know, okay? So you need to know that there are three parts within a system. So it it's, can be challenging, but as long as we get these three right, we're in good shape. So as long as we have harvesting, 
That means we're going to harvest every single piece of information about every single thing every single time. We're going to harvest every single piece of information about every single thing every single time. I, I have been teaching this for a dozen years, and I'm telling you that it has never changed. If you don't have a system, of, let's talk about lead conversion for a second. You paid to make the phone ring, right? You pay, you put an ad out there. You put a TV ad out there. You put a, a direct mail piece. You put a, a website pay-per-click, whatever it was, and you paid to make the phone ring. Why in the world wouldn't we make sure that we harvest every single piece of data about that lead that we possibly can every single time? The answer is we should make sure that we do. But in so many cases, the harvesting is missing. And I'll tell you about that in a second. The second thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we inspect by report. We inspect what we expect. My grandfather used to say there are three things that happen in business. There is what the owner wants to be happening. There's what the owner thinks is happening. And then there's what is actually happening okay so in a system we have to inspect by report and then automation automation is is by definition someone or something like software doing doing the job of the system for the owner besides the owner that that's how we get our freedom we have automation take over now we're not going to talk about automation today at a really high level because it's just a very big topic and i'm going to put it in the parking lot as i like to say and we're talking about that another time today we're going to be paying attention to harvesting and inspection by report now this is the lead conversion system and this is the machine that i got to tell you i built this i bet you there's some things i'd like to change about this but i saw that i found this the other day as i was looking through my notes i built this a dozen, a dozen years ago. It's got to be. You can tell by the old-fashioned mind map and all my crazy lines and how complicated it is, okay? Uh, elite conversion systems, no joke, okay? Just flat out, no joke. I, I don't want to, but, but I'm going to simplify it today for you. I'm going to simplify it to six steps so we get it right, okay? But this is what, this is how my mind thinks about your practice. This is what I want to accomplish. Now, I, again, I'm going to simplify it, but, but, but you need to do me a favor. You need to grab a pen and paper. So if we haven't said this already, um, if you're going to be, uh, you know, I don't, a lot of you may be, you know, on your phone, uh, maybe you're checking email, maybe you're kind of listening out of one ear. If you're driving, don't grab a pen and paper. I don't want any lawsuits. But but if, you're, if you've got the opportunity to just pay attention, now's the time, okay? I get it. The beginning stages was when, you know, you, you maybe I was, you can drown me out a little bit because it wasn't as technical. Now's when I want you to start paying attention, especially if you've never heard of this before. And if you have heard this before and you're in my world, don't just blow over it. Actually go through the exercise. It's going to be so important that you go through the exercise. So grab a pen and paper, close your door, put your phone on, do not disturb, turn your cell phone on off or vibrate or whatever, put down Facebook, set down whatever else you're doing on email, stop working on client matter. And pay attention to the system because this is what's going to make you money. This is what's going to set you free. This time, understanding this principle right now. Okay. So the first step in the six-step system is we're going to talk about what we call the perfect client life cycle. Now, in the perfect client life cycle, I've got 11 steps. I'm going to talk about six of them first. What I want you to make sure you write down your piece of paper is this stage now incidentally i in the beginning i shared with everybody in the questions you can scroll up in the questions a link that you can go ahead and grab a, a downloadable format if you want to of the, of the forms i'm going to be sharing with you in a moment but if you don't want if you're not in front of a computer or you don't want to go grab that link right now or you didn't have the opportunity to grab it before 
just with your pen and paper, just start writing these things down. So the first thing we're going to write down is lead generation, right? So that's number one. So the first thing we're measuring is how many leads does your firm receive? Now, for the scope of this conversation today, we are going to build this lead conversion system from a perspective of qualified leads, especially if you're a contingency firm like PI, workers' comp, social security disability. I want you to really pay attention to qualified leads, but everybody, I want you to pay attention to qualified leads, all right? What we consider qualified leads. So of your qualified leads, how many do you get? That's the first thing we're gonna talk about. And, and by the way, the definition of a lead is anybody who raises their hand and they're qualified. So whether they came in via a chat, they came in via called your office, they walked in your office off the street, um, they they filled out a web form, you bought leads from a lead source like Total Attorneys or NOLO, um, you, you get my drift, okay? If they raise their hand, they have a legal issue, you can help them with their qualified lead, they are a lead. So that's the first thing we're going to start to measure in this system, in this harvesting part of the system. The second is, how many of these uh, leads schedule an appointment? Now, before some of you get ahead of me and go, oh, well, we don't schedule appointments in our office. We actually you know, get on the phone with them right away because I'm a DUI firm and I don't believe we should schedule appointments and I want to talk to them right then and there and just get them to retain me over the phone. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you whether that's the right choice or not. I can tell you I have lots of DUI firms that force their clients into scheduling appointments and they do very, very well. And, and there's reasons for that that we won't get into today. But if that's you and, and you say, you know what, I, I don't have them come in, I do it over the phone, fine then you get the right to not have this number, okay? You won't have a, a scheduled appointment. Now, if you schedule phone appointments, whether you hot transfer right there from the, the lead coming in and they transfer over the attorney, God forbid, or somebody else, and you have the appointment right there over the phone, um, that's a phone appointment. That's still scheduling an appointment, which will lead to the next stage. Um, and that'll, that'll show about the, getting the show rate. Now, I call it increasing the show rate because what we want to do is figure out how to get the show rate to go up. Now, these are the number of people that, that scheduled an appointment that actually showed up to the appointment, whether they showed up on the phone or they showed up uh, in person. Now, if you don't schedule appointments and you go right for the sale, that means every qualified lead for you that called in and you got them on the phone, they are in your show rate number. Okay, so what, how many people showed up to the call? That would be you. For everybody else who does schedule appointments, this is defined as who actually shows up for their appointment. All right. Um, oh, by the way, hey, John, I see you, you're speaking to me there and I was ignoring you. Sorry, you have excellent systems. You're correct. Thank you. I, 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 I'm, I'm glad my wife's on the call. She can hear you tell me that I was correct because she doesn't get that. I don't hear that that often at home. <laughs> Just kidding, honey. Okay, so let's keep going. The next stage, stage number four, all right, is is new clients. So now of the people that show up to the call, um, it's about getting how many of them, I said show up to the call, show up to the call or show up to the appointment. How many of them convert to a new appointment? And that's the number we want. So that's the fourth number we need in this system, inside of this harvesting. Um, and then the fifth number, and we're not going to pay a lot of attention to this number today because it, it's a bigger conversation. And I, and I actually taught this on the webinar in January if you were there. Um, and if you weren't there, I, I can probably get you a copy of it. Just email me, uh, richard at therichardjames.com. But I talked a lot about 
that's getting paid uh, part of how to, how to make sure you, you increase the, the way you get paid, the number of people who hire you versus the number of people who pay you in full. Um, but th that's the next stage in this system is getting paid. And then finally, how many of these that pay you will actually uh, obtain, will actually refer you business? So a client who pays their bill, so they're a good client, good standing, how many of them refer you business? So the math here is, is really like of the people who hire you, how what percentage of those came from referrals? And we'll talk about percentages in a second. So the last one is how many referral clients did you get? Okay, that's the sixth number. So let me see if I can put this together for you so you can see it visually. This is the form I gave everybody to download. And I, I numbered it here for you so you can see. First, we're talking about how many leads do we get? Then how many of those leads converted to an appointment? Then how many of those showed their appointment? Then how many of those became a new client? Then how many of those uh, paid their bill? And then how many of those referred business? So you can see on this worksheet, and I'm gonna we're gonna have some quiet time here, and I'm gonna let you actually fill this out because this is what I, I want you to do. I actually want you to take a moment, and I actually want you to fill this out. Okay, this I I made a promise to myself whenever I teach this system, whoever's with me, they're gonna take this time to fill this information out right now. So. Um, what I want you to do, if you have this worksheet, you've downloaded it, you can go ahead and use this. If you don't have this worksheet, just use a pen and paper. Just write leads, sets, shows, hires, paid and fulls, referrals for a qualified lead for a one month period of time. Here's what I want to know. How many in each category do you have? How many in each category do you have? How many leads? How many sets? How many shows? How many hires? How many paid and fulls? How many referrals? Now, if you don't know, for the purpose of today's call, take a swag, a sophisticated wild arse guess. I got yelled at the other day by saying ass, so sorry. Um, a sophisticated wild arse guess, okay? Um, we wanna make sure that we get this number filled in. If you don't know these numbers at all, know that it's telling, okay? Know that without this system, without knowing this math, you're in for, it's going to, you're, it's going to be very, very challenging for you to gain your ultimate freedom. I don't care what practice area you are, are in. I, I don't care how successful you are. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. It's going to be hard for you to gain your ultimate freedom from your practice if you don't know this math. So let's just take a minute or two for one month period of time. How many leads? How many sets? How many shows? How many hires? How many paid in full? Okay, if you have questions, go ahead and ask them down below and I'll answer them. But if I had some funky music, I could play it for you, but I don't know that I'm all that sophisticated, so I'm not gonna do that. Meaning I don't know that I know how to make the music play, except if I play it over my phone, which would probably be annoying. All right, so again, how many leads, how many sets, how many shows, how many hires, how many paid and fulls, how many referrals? And we're going to spend our time today kind of talking about converting to appointment, increasing show rate, and a little bit of new client. What we'll probably get, I mean, we can get into whatever you want. When it comes to question and answer, I'll answer any questions you want. I'll, there's not, not going to be any limits, okay? So if you've got advanced questions, if you've been doing this, John, you say you have great systems. Um, paid in full is not on a payment plan, right? No, no, no. Annie, that, that is a great question. Okay. So let me tell you what this means. So paid in full, Annie, I, I 
I, I think you're in bankruptcy. Forgive me if I don't remember correctly, but but if you are, um, uh, or whatever pay, whatever kind of practice area you have, it doesn't really matter. Um, criminal law. Thank you. Okay, so yes, if they're on a payment plan and they're on plan versus off plan. In other words, they've agreed to pay you 500 bucks a month and they're paying you the 500 bucks a month. I'm counting them in the paid in full number. Okay, so this is part of the collection system that I teach and I talk about on plan versus off plan. So if they're on plan, I count them as being paid in full um, because they're paying me on a payment plan. The reason for that, just a little inside baseball for that, folks, is because one of the way for you to gain price elasticity with your clients is to offer terms. In, in business, way back, you know, since the earliest times in business, they've proven that if you were to offer payment terms to your prospective clients, you will both increase the number of clients that hire your company as well as increasing the amount of money that you can charge for your services because you're, you're quasi financing your services for them and it gets a natural price elasticity. So I actually believe highly in, in allowing your clients to pay you over time, assuming you have a collections process in place. And so Annie, yes, I would count anybody who's on plan as somebody who's paid in full. So if I've got 50 clients and 40 of them are on plan, um, I'm counting 40 of them are on plan. So my, if I have 50 clients and I have 40 of them on plan, I've got an 80% realization rate. So my when we talk about this next number down below, you'll see how that comes into play. Okay, let's keep going. So number seven is what is the percentage of your appointments to your lead? So this is, see, this is where the rubber meets the road, okay? So um, I, this is where all the magic happens. So the first stage one of this was you having a system in place that allowed you to actually harvest this information so that you can get it. And I'm going to show you how to do that in a second. If you, if, you, if you guys didn't have this math, I'll give you a simple way to do it in just a second. The second stage of this is understanding the conversions. See, I'm a conversion guy. I'm a math guy. And if you're not a math person, please don't freak out. It's not hard math. It's really, really basic division okay um, all we're doing is arithmetic here we're just we're adding and subtracting just a little bit of division right we're just taking we're saying okay of the number of leads we got um, this number of appointments and so it's percentage of sets to leads right so what that means is is if I had uh, 10 leads and I had uh, eight sets I had an 80% set rate so that's the first thing we're measuring is we're measuring our set rate so that's number seven on the sheet so now if you don't have this sheet and you're using a piece of paper now I want you to just write you know a little uh, uh, triangle between leads and sets and what is your conversion rate so how much what conversion of your leads are you converting into sets so that'll give you a math and when everybody asks me is well, what should the right number be, right? That's what I hear all the time. And, and I don't mean to sound like an attorney, but it, it depends. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on whether or not you are getting your leads 100% from referrals, in which case I want that number to be like 95%. Um, I've even seen it as high as 100% because it's from referrals. Um, if you're getting your leads from total third-party sources where you're paying, you know, total attorneys or NOLO or one, you know, lead rival or any of the lead sources out there that you can buy leads, 
you know, you, you might be lucky to get that as high as 50 or 60%. Some get, get it higher, but oftentimes you, you only schedule half or maybe three quarters at most of the leads you get from those lead sources into appointments. Now, if you're doing better than that, great. Um, and remember now, we're not measuring versus anybody else. You're measuring versus yourself because the goal is to get a basis in line so you can keep beating this number. We're, we're trying to get the control so we can start beating this number. That's the goal. Um, so, so what the percentage of sets should be really has an awful lot to do with um, what, where the leads come from. It also has something to do with practice area. So if you're a bankruptcy firm, I, I expect you to have a little higher set rate than, than if you're a really niched high-end medical malpractice firm. Um, unless we're call, call only qualifying leads as, as people who really have a high level uh, medical uh, malpractice, you know, issue, critical issue, critical illness issue. And, and in which case, well, then you probably should have a really high set rate as well. But, you know, so some of this is dependent. It's also dependent on geography. Um, you know, when I built the firm in Phoenix, um, I was in uh, Mesa, but we were serving Maricopa County that, you know, goes you know, 20 miles in either direction, if not more. And and so if I was talking to somebody in surprise, you know, they saw my ads on TV, but that they weren't gonna necessarily set. So my set rate was affected a little bit because I wasn't willing to have an office out in the West Valley because if you wanna find out if your systems are any good, just go ahead and open up a secondary office, right? That's my, that's my famous line. So what's your set rate? The second one, number eight, or in this second stage, number eight, um, is the percentage of shows the sets. Now this is defined as how many people show as compared to how many people set. So we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna divide, right, the number of shows by the number of sets. That gives you your show rate. So you're gonna put in a little triangle and you're gonna put this is what your show rate is. And again, how they show awful is dependent on similar factors that of how they set. Now again, if you don't have uh, a situation where you actually set phone appointments or physical appointments in the office, um, then your then your show rate is kind of like 100%. Your show rate is kind of your set rate because when they're on the phone and and you're talking to them right there, that's the the leads uh, qualify leads and your show rate should be the same. It should be like 100%, and then you'll convert that over to number of hires. Which brings us to our next point: a percentage of hires which is of the people who showed up, what percentage of hires hired the firm? Um, so these are the number of people who retained the firm. So if you met with 10 people this week and five people hired the firm, um, then, then uh, you had a 50% retention rate. Now, people say, well, what about people who hire later? Yeah, so let's say you met with Sally last week, okay? and you um and and sally came back in and hired this week and you met with 10 people this week and five of those people hired in the initial consultation and sally hired this week for this week's numbers you had six hires so your hire rate this week was 60 percent we're, we're not measuring you know this this event versus this event so i'm not measuring just specific to the event i'm measuring on if you can imagine when a tag is applied, right? So when is the show tag applied? When is the hired tag applied? So if they retain the firm, if they hired the firm, the tag is applied in this week. And so it gets credit for this week. I know that can get a little messy, 
Um, but if you try to do it the other way, if you try to say, well, I hired uh, five out of 10 this week, but I hired one more from last week, and last week I had a 40% hire rate, so that now changes my last week's hire rate to 47%, you'll go insane. You'll never, ever, ever be able to keep up with this because you'll be doing this rolling math all the time. And so you've got to just make sure you're kind of closing the books week to week, not literally, but you're measuring week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter, year to year. You're measuring it based on the number of events that happen in that time period versus the number of tags that were applied. So the number of people who showed this period of time versus the number of people who hired this period of time. Not necessarily, you know, did Annie hire, did Annie show and did Annie hire, and that's one out of one, right? Annie could have showed and Annie could have hired, but Bill could have showed last week and Bill hired this week. You theoretically could end up with a week where you have a higher hire rate than you actually have a show rate. It's possible. It happens when you do math this way. But that's why over an elongated period of time, this number's all level off. And that's really how you want to look at it. Because the truth is, a week doesn't make a trend. A month doesn't make a trend. You know, you want to be looking at these numbers, um, not only week over week, month over month, but you want to be looking at them. How do they compare to the same month last, you know, last month? And how do they compare to the same month last year? You know, in, in regular business, in regular business, in business 101, that's called comps, right? We're looking at direct comps. And that's what's vital about this. All right, so number of pays to hires as a percentage. Again, I talked about that, whether they're on a payment plan or not, or they actually pay their bill in full. Or if you're in contingency firm, um, you know, you may be looking at cases settled. Um, you, you may be, you may not. You may choose to measure that a lot of different ways. In a contingency firm, we have a bigger conversation around that uh, percentage of hires or getting paid section, um, just because there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, it, it, this is really dialed more specifically to somebody that has, uh, or this particular language is dialed more specifically to somebody that either charges a flat fee or an hourly fee with a retainer. Uh, and then referrals, this retains, this, this is for everybody. So of the number of clients that you got, how many of them referred you business, or how many of them re were a referral? A referral from a allied service professional or a referral from another client, right? How many of them came as referrals? That's the question. And then that would have that little thing. And so that would be the percentage of the number of hires that you have that have referrals. Sometimes I have businesses or practices I work with that come in and they've got 100% of their business by referrals. Now, a lot of them are proud of that. Um, and that's great, but it's awful hard to grow a business just on referrals. Um, and, and I would argue, uh, depending on what your goals are, uh, if you want freedom, oftentimes we have to figure out ways to generate uh, business outside of referrals. And, and what's hardest for those, for folks who get their business 100% from referrals, um, you're, you're going to find that this this will be the most challenging for you. Because as you start advertising and you bring more business in, you're going to see these numbers change. Because the people who you advertise, you get from advertising, don't convert nearly as well as those who convert on referrals. And so this is hardest for you. So let me just stop. Okay, I've, I've talked a lot. Um, so, um, so, so let's, you know, if anybody wants to share, uh, let's go ahead and, and see how we're doing. How many people have, type in the number of leads that you've got, if you've got this down. So how many leads do you have? Go ahead and type it in, if you want to share. You don't have to share if you don't want to, but anybody want to share, rock and roll. Okay, 30. Eighty-six. Nice work, Don. Brian, good job. Liz, 
Okay. Good. Went to your link. Love the chat person. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome, Dave. <laughs> uh, my goal is 120. Have to work. To, yeah, but Don, I read that you had your best month ever, like last month or something. So not so bad. Yeah, you have 100. So your goal is 120. All right. So that, okay, that's telling, right? So let's let's sit there for a second. Don's goal is 120, right? So. He, he, in his world, he's got to, he, in order to get to 120, he's got to do something, right? So if, if Don, if you spend, I don't know, if you spend 50 bucks a lead and you've got 86 leads right now, I'm going to bump it down to 80 to make my math easier. And you've got, you, that means you want 40 more leads and you spend 50 bucks a lead. Well, you know what you have to spend, right? Um, in order to you take 40 and multiply it times $50, and there's the amount of money you're going to have to invest in, in additional marketing expense to acquire that, or you're going to have to get more from referrals. And I'm going to tell you to gain, you know, to increase your leads by 50% from where you are right now, you're going to have to buy it. So you're going to have to allocate more money over to marketing. And so that's what the lead generation tells us. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about uh, sets. How many of these now set appointments? Okay, Brian, good. So you're setting 25. Brian, you're setting 25 of your 30. Is that what I just saw? Yeah, you're setting 25 of your 30. That's good. Um, so you're like 80 some percent, 17, Liz. And so Liz, you're you're um, setting. So so Liz, you're setting uh, 17 of your 51. So you're really at the 30 plus percent mark. Okay. So ask yourself, is that is that right? Um, thanks, Don. Appreciate your help. Is that right? Uh, I mean, is that good or bad? Let's watch your practice area. Liz Lamantia. What's your practice area? It's good. Okay, good. All right, love it. So, um, so let's keep going. So, so how many do we have in the show stage, right? So now we're we're at this next stage. How many do we have in show? So we have set, we have leads, sets, shows. What's your show rates? Twenty-one. Good. So Brian, you're getting you're getting twenty-one of your twenty-five, forty-five or sixty-seven percent. Good. Phil, you're at 12, 12, 12, 10, 10, and 1. Not sure what I what that means. 12, 12, 12, 10, 10, 1. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Oh, those are your six numbers. Got it. That, I, I know what that means now. Got it. I'm slow on the uptake, but I figured it out. Okay. Um, and Ron, you got 19. Good. So, okay, so we're seeing... Now we're you're so these are these are just the top side math. Now let's look at what are the rates. So go I actually like what Phil did. That's not a bad idea. So let's put the conversion rate. So what's your what's your set rate? What's your show rate? What's your hire rate? What's your paid and full rate? What's your referral rate? So just put the number in a in a in a forward slash and this will this will start to roll us through quicker here. I love when somebody thinks outside the box. Thanks, Philip. Appreciate it. Okay, so as you, you as you put this together, you're starting to think to yourself, okay, so now what does this what do these numbers mean to me? There you go. 
So we got 35%, 20%, 19%, 15%, 15%. No, that is that a, no, that's a that's leads. Feel free to share with the newer folks. Life cycle is a great tool for helping this get organized. We use this with our folks basically explaining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David, I think that's, I appreciate that. Um, so for those of you that are guests on the call, you're, you're seeing, you're, you're seeing members of my family, um, you know, really, you can see how they've bought into this, right? Um, because they've under, they understand the power of it. So I think, I appreciate you saying that David, and it's a process. Um, and Ron, those were raw numbers, not percentage. Okay. So let's, let's work with percentages now. So let's look at this as a percentage. So my leads are 90% of my incoming calls, 10% chat service. And I retain most of my clients by email. Okay, cool. Brian, 83, 84, 85, 111. Yeah, so Brian, your numbers are so good, right? Um, that I'm guessing either you have a really, really high rate of referral. I'm guessing you have a really high rate of referral. Is that fair? Yeah. So... That okay, so that I, I, your numbers are like tea leaves to me. So this is what I'm trying to show you, and it's hard without a two-way conversation. I get it. You guys are typing and I'm talking, but here's my for all of you who are wondering what the heck is going on. What just happened is I, I can look at Brian's numbers and I can say, oh, okay, Brian doesn't have enough cold traffic, non-referral traffic coming in the door um, to reduce those numbers. He's, he's converting mostly referrals. Now, if Brian doesn't want cold traffic, that's fine. I'm not saying you have to, but, but it is, yes, he's working to start generating more leads on Facebook. Okay. So once he does that, and Brian's a great example of this once, and I know Brian, he's going to do really well once it comes in, but Brian, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be cautious that that numbers, those numbers are going to go down, but the net result, the 11 clients that are the, the, the clients that you have at the end, the number of clients you have at the end is going to go up. The net number is going to go up. So that, that's the goal. I don't mind if the conversion numbers go down, and they will when you go from referrals to paid sources, um, but then they will start to go up. So, so let's, I want to I just stop there for a second. Does anybody have any questions? Have I lost anybody completely? This is the system. This is the your perfect client lifecycle. This is the lead conversion system. This is the harvesting part of this. This is, and it, this is also the inspection by report. So what you just did, okay, so here's the, here's the hidden secret. You need to review these numbers every week. So one day a week, whether it's a Friday or Monday, I use Monday. You need to have these numbers. I like a whiteboard. I, listen, we have lots of technology and hundreds of programs, but I like a whiteboard. Uh, and on a whiteboard every week, we review these numbers with our team, with our whole team. So they know what's going on, okay? And they understand what our goals are. And we don't do it where clients can see it, obviously. But we review these numbers every single week. Now, by the way, I say that tongue-in-cheek. I'm happy to share my numbers with you as clients. I'm transparent. You can know every number you want from me. But if I was in a law firm, I wouldn't be do. I didn't do this in front of where I could, where clients could see our board, right? They, they, that was this was behind closed doors. Was my point. But we want to review this every week. And the reason we want to review this every week is we have to start asking questions, right? We have to start asking ourselves, okay, is my set rate where I want it to be? Uh, and let's even start with the leads to Don Golden's point. You know, he wants to get his lead up. Well, how does he get his leads up? Well, we got to start looking for additional lead sources or spending more money on lead sources that are working. 
Um, if I want to convert more appointments and my conversion rate isn't where it needs to be, how do I do that? And we can talk about that a little bit here if you'd like. Um, and, and by the way, if that's your question, I want you to ask it. Well, okay, I want to I want to know how to increase my set rate. Great, ask it. I'll, I'll, we'll talk it through. I want to I want to know how to increase my share rate. All right, I'm here. I'll I'll, I'll answer it for you. Um, I want to know how to increase my hire rate or how to increase my getting paid rate. Let's talk about that. Okay, that's what this is for today. But what I want you to understand more than anything else is that you have to have this data. Now, if you don't have this data, this is why I gave you uh, this sheet. Okay, I gave you this sheet. So in that same place, that was the therichardjames.com forward slash PCLC forward slash thank you. Uh, you can just download this sheet from there. All right. I think I made it a little fancy. What you want to pay attention to is you see the first name and last name, that's A and B. I, you, when you download this sheet, you'll see there's more than first name and last name. I call those vital statistics. So you want to grab the vital statistics. But the most important part of this system um, is using true and false statements about did they set an appointment true or false? Did they show true or false? Did they retain true or false? Did they pay their bill in full true or false, right? So we're keeping a true and false statement about every single lead every single time. If you have a fancy CRM, if you use something like Infusionsoft, if you use Four Eyes, if you use Clio, what, it doesn't matter what you use. I'm agnostic, okay? I'm really agnostic. Um, I do use Infusionsoft. We do believe in it. I haven't found anything yet that beats it for lots for the pound for pound, but it doesn't matter to me what you use. I'm not here to sell Infusionsoft. That's not what I do. Matter of fact, I don't do it at all anymore. I'm here to make sure you have a system to harvest this. If you have nothing, you could use pen and paper, but it's going to get confusing and it's going to get hard to keep track of. So what I want you to do is I want you to use this template, and then I want your team to put it in Google. I don't want you to use Excel. I want you to use a Google Sheet. It's free to everybody with a Google account. Google accounts are free. Ergo, it's free. And you can even get like a business account for as little as I think five or 10 bucks a month, okay? So, so just get yourself a Google account if you don't have one, a Gmail account, and you can get a Google Sheet and then use this template in the Google Sheet. Here's the reason why. You want to be able to have all of your people share the sheet simultaneously. So that if Sally's in the sheet, Billy can be in the sheet. If you're in the sheet and Billy's in the sheet at the same time, no problem. You can both make changes. It'll save both of your changes and show at real time. You'll even be able to see what the other person is doing, okay? You need to use a Google Sheet, all right? So this is how you harvest this data. So this is, the, this is like the core center of this system. So the, the, the system is really built on this principle of lead set shows hires paid and fulls and referrals. And you identify where your lead set shows hires paid and fulls and referrals or what we call the PCLC, perfect client lifecycle. You, you get that by using this sheet or your CRM that you can get data out of. Now, the most important part of whatever it is you use is that you can inspect by report. Now, a Google Sheet is actually pretty easy to inspect by report. You can either look at it yourself every day or every week. Every week when you have it at the meeting, somebody can go into the sheet and they can pull the numbers off. If your CRM, whatever you're using, like it, it, let's, let's say you're using a matter management program like Time Matters or, or uh, Clio or Rocket Matter or whatever, it doesn't matter. If you're using that and you can't get these numbers out of that system, it's not going to work. You've got to use something else and that system. 
So uh, if you're using Abacus or Amicus or whatever, and I, I don't know how far the, all of these programs have come. Some will let you do it, some won't. But you need to be able to tag when they became a lead. You need to be able to tag when they set their appointment. You need to be able to tag when they showed up so you can run a report. If you use a spreadsheet and your, and your fancy system doesn't allow you to do it, at least it's giving you the information that you need. All right, let me do a time check here. How am I doing? I'm okay. Um, it's at the end, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going. So for BK firms that post petition payments, I think we should add a number of cases filed to the PCLC, and then have percentage of the file cases on plan. Oh, I don't disagree with you, Don. I I I don't disagree with you. I mean, I'm you know we're not, I'm not gonna build a PCLC obviously just for bankruptcy firms. Meaning in this presentation, but I agree. If you're in a bankruptcy firm and you look at your, I would I would actually say there there's more than that. I, I'm actually looking at it in chapter seven versus chapter 13. Um, uh, and, and when I did tax resolution, I had tax resolution running separately as well. So so I ran those numbers and, and I ran, I actually ran it by case type because I wanted to know, you know, what, how much average money down I had per case type. I, I mean, I can make that argument for family law. Uh, if you're family law, you've got divorce, you've got divorce with children, you've got, you know, um, custody cases, you've got grandparents' rights and all the other kind of adoption cases. Uh, if you're in business transactional, you have LLC creation, you have, um, you could have intellectual property in there. If you're doing any of the trademark stuff in transactional, uh, you just break it down by case type. If you're in PI, you could have dog bite and auto accidents and slip and falls and you do them. And uh, if you're in immigration, you could have core, you could have bond department, you could have, you know, I mean, my, you get my point, right? We can have subdivisions within every, Every scenario, and you can do it now. In your in your point about the payments, um, you're measuring via filed cases, and, and I get it. In a bankruptcy world, if you're doing post-petition case payments, um, really it's how many cases you filed because you can't start your payment plan until you get their case filed, so you can get start getting your money in. And so, yeah, you and I talked about this. This inspection by report, Don, is the one thing that kind of changed the way you looked at things because you didn't measure. If I remember correctly, you weren't measuring cases filed the same way you were measuring sales. And the moment you started doing that was the moment you started filing more cases. And the moment you started filing more cases, the moment that the revenue followed, because now you were doing post-petition payments and you're starting to get payments uh, on those cases that you were filed. So I agree with you. Um, but for the purpose of keeping it simple for today, if you can just get me a number of number of people that are on plan versus off plan or how many people have pay, are paying their bill or paid in full, that at least get us close. Okay, questions? Doing good so far. Let me show you what this looks like. Okay, let me show you what it looks like. So let's let's in a spreadsheet format, and I, I can go further with this. We can get fancy. I can make it personal for you folks if anybody wants to. Um, but here's why this is so important. So if I if I and I borrow this from my good friend Bertine, or I changed it up a little bit, but uh, he created. I used a different hundred lead worksheet. He's he's done this. We're going to look at a firm, as I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of attorneys through the years, um, we're going to look at a firm that has 100, 100 leads, okay? And inside of this firm that has 100 leads, we're going to say, okay, if I increase this 0%, so I'm not going to, in this particular conversation, I'm not going to increase the leads at all. So I'm, we didn't have a how to generate more leads conversation today. We had a how to convert more leads conversation today. So we're starting with the premise, you know, I don't have any, I, I don't have enough money in the bank or and I want to make more money. So how do I go about doing that? All right, well, let's take this spreadsheet. 
and let's put it in here. So increasing leads through what we call ACE and, and using increasing a landing page. And we're going to say, okay, we have 100 leads. I'm not going to increase them at all. If I don't increase them at all, I haven't made a difference in the number of new clients that we generate. Okay. So let's go to the next stage. So now I've got setting appointments. Now let's say I just set appointments and I increase that by 4%. So we have 100 leads and then I set 70 appointments, which means I set 70% of my leads into appointments and I just increased it by 4%. I think most of you would argue or buy into the fact that 4% is not a big change in a number of appointments that we set as compared to uh, the number of leads that we have come in. It's not a huge difference, not even a 10% difference, okay? As a matter of fact, the total increase is only 6%. And so that'll take our target up to 74. And then if we say, okay, well, let's just see if we, can, if we increase the show rate a little bit. So what if we increase the show rate just 4% as well? Again, not a big change. Now, 4% of 42 because again before we had we were we had 60% of our leads were showing up so about 42 of them were showing up i increased it about 4% which you can see is a 12% increase still not crazy it's not unheard of to increase it by 4% 4% on 6064 and if we go one step further and we say okay i'm going to increase our hire rate by 4% i'm just going to get better in the consult room i'm going to be better at micromanaging the client experience, just little incremental changes. What happens is if we just do a little 4% change in setting appointments, a little 4% change in showing up, getting the show rate up, and a little 4% change in getting the higher rate increased, okay? And this is over 100 leads, all right? What's going to happen is we're going to see that our leads went, our, our clients went from 18 to 22, and we got our four clients in four weeks. Now, this is just by making small incremental changes. So if you if you don't have this system and you're saying to me, I need more time, I need more money, I want a system, I want more freedom, then getting this system is in the right place. If you start by saying to me, Rich, I, I want more money, and I say to you, well, how do you get more money? You say, well, I need more clients. Well, I don't know that that's true. I don't know that your higher rate is the problem like and I say well how do you get more clients and you say to me well I just need more leads well I don't know that that's true Un unless I look at this sheet logically and I go okay yeah I, I can see that you need more leads Don in your case you want to get X number of new leads because you want to increase your client rate now I would actually ask you Don if I go back to uh, I, if I go back to the concept of uh, how did you, I'm sorry, I'm reading the notes here. A couple of guys had to go. I get it. If I go back to the concept of, uh, Don, you want to get 120 leads and you go back to your conversions, could we increase our conversions somewhere along the way to achieve your same goal? You want 120 leads because you want what number of clients? So I don't know that the answer is yes. Maybe the only thing we could do is get more leads, but it starts with, could we do anything else? All right. And if we tie this all together, here's what it means. So here's, here's what this means. It means four new clients every four weeks. That's every four weeks. Because once you increase this and you do things to increase this number, it's changing likely forever because you've hit a new level. You know, yeah, sometimes you slip one way or the other, but typically it holds pretty firm because the changes you made were permanent changes. 
you, you got four additional clients, but really the big thing that happened was you put $120,000 into the bank. Now that's assuming a couple of things. That's assuming an average client value of $2,500. That's assuming that you generated the 22 clients and you had 100 leads, okay? So we assumed we had 100 leads, we assumed you had a client value of $2,500. And, and if you do that and you increase 4% along the way, we're putting $120,000 annually more into the business, to the top side gross revenues. That's a massive difference by just making a little small adjustment. And so that's what really using the perfect client lifecycle does for you, is it gives you clarity on what it is you need to fix. Hi, I was late. Yeah, of course, Cynthia, we can send you a copy of this. CJ may be showing us what happens when we increase set conversion, but I'd like to know how, okay, Chase, which one would you like to know how to increase? Okay, so what's your current hire rate? So that's the percentage of people who hire you versus the percentage of people you meet with. Okay, about 50%, 70%. By the way, that's about the answer I get from just about everybody. So I, we're going to go with it, but know that that's a very common answer I get when we don't know exactly what our numbers are. The other answer I get, the other answer I get is, Oh, if I meet with them, they're, they're, they're going to retain the firm. There's never a question. If I meet with them, they're retaining the firm. I get it. I feel the same. I felt the same way until I found my real numbers. But all right. So let's go with let's go with uh, 50 percent. What's your practice area, Chase? General civil litigation. OK, um, who's your ideal client? What's the, what industry are they in? Do you have one? Do you have an industry you try to target? Or is it, so civil litigation, real estate disputes. Okay, great. So we're looking at real estate disputes. And so are you usually working uh, for the, the property owner or are you working for the tenant? Or both? Both, okay. All right, and so do you meet with your clients in, person uh, in, a, in a meeting or do you meet them over the, or you talk to them over the phone? Your prospective clients. So when you have a prospect, do you, do you mostly in person, some are out of state? Yeah, I get it. Okay. So the ones that are out of state, um, and do your leads come from referrals or do you actually advertise? Okay, so by the way, but what I want you to see here is 
Chase, you asked, I want to increase the hire rate. So I had to ask a bunch of diagnostic questions before I could even give you kind of any advice. And all of those diagnostic questions stem from the first concept, which is what is your hire rate, right? So once once I started knowing your hire rate, I can know the rest and I can start to get through the it depends stuff. Um, so that's why the PCLC is so important to me. Um, as I worked with my consultants, you know, 20 years ago who I had paid, they were asking me these questions and I didn't have the answers to them. And so I, this is how the PCLC was started to be developed for me. I realized I needed the answers to these questions. So, um, so that, uh, by the way, do you meet with your prospective clients or do you have associates or somebody else meet with your prospective clients? Okay. Um, so it's both you and other attorneys. So the number one there, there are two primary ways of increasing your hire rate. Uh, the first is what we call micromanaging the client experience. So you can see over here in the stage, I said increase transaction value by MMCE, micromanaging the client experience. So micromanaging the client experience um, is really about thinking about the way that we communicate with the client from the moment that the phone is answered all the way to when they walk in the door. So one of the fastest ways for you to increase your hire rate is to think about when they set an appointment, what do we send them? Uh, do we send them a big shock and awe package? Do we uh, send them an email reminder of the with the, with the address and a link to the address? Do we um, give them directions because our building is hard to find. Um, when they uh, do, we send them a text message reminder. Um, so, in what ways do we remind them? How, how do we micromanage that? How are the, what is the experience like that they're feeling that they're doing business with us? Do we arrive to their office in this sh physical shock and awe package, unlike our competition would? Uh, and then it's when they get to our office, when they pull in. You know, is the parking lot neat and manicured? Is it free of trash and garbage? Uh, do we have the ability to put custom signage up with their name on it so that they, they know that they're being welcomed by us, whether it be at the parking station or in the conference room door? Is it clearly marked on how to get directions from the parking lot to your office? Once they walk in the office, how are they greeted and who are they greeted by? Um, is the receptionist also the person that answers the phone in the office? Is she distracted because she's doing other things and she may or may not greet them with a smile depending on what's going on that day? Or is she more like battle axe Bertha and she's never greeting them with a smile? Um, and it, are they automatically offered something to drink? Um, whether it's water, coffee, soda, whatever it is, and making sure we present it to them in a menu-like format. Do we have testimonials around the office so that we're controlling what they read and what they see? If there's a television, are we playing um, testimonial reels or are we playing uh, maybe something neutral other than uh, you know local TV that might have our competitors advertising on it, which we don't want? Um, what what do we share? What kind of newspapers do we have, and so on and so forth? That are in the what are the magazines like? All of this little stuff, and then once they get to, from that stage, now we get into state the second thing that changes the the uh, the, the hiring. So by the way. Just paying attention to everything I just said, 
will start to increase your hire rate. Positioning you better before they ever walk in the door. Oftentimes, people make a decision whether they're gonna hire your firm or not long before they get to you. And so the first thing I would tell you to do is pay attention to micromanaging of the client experience. The second thing I would pay, tell you to pay attention to do is, especially since it's you and other attorneys, you want to structure your sales script. And I know sales is a four letter word in law, but you want to structure your sales script so everybody's saying the same thing and presenting the same way. Yes, I know every matter is different, especially in civil litigation. That's okay. The structure of the process would be the same. Now that's a whole nother conversation that we'll have to take a whole nother time to do. And maybe one of these days I'll do a webinar on it, okay? But that would be the second thing. The first thing I would do is start micromanaging the client experience. Um, uh, and I would, I would add to that, if you don't use a book, authorship, celebrity, and expert in your marketing, um, I would highly recommend you develop a book for yourself. Uh, because even if you don't use it in your front side marketing, if you use it in your micromanaging the client experience, it will set you up as an expert in a way that nothing else that you can, that you do will do for you. Hope that helps. You're welcome, Chase. Okay. Anybody else have any other questions on how to increase your show rate or how to increase your set rate or how to increase your hire rate? Um, how to increase your getting paid? I'm here. What am I doing? How am I doing on time? Okay. How are we doing on time? Anybody else? Still have about 64 of you on. If you have any other questions about this, I'm happy to answer. Listen, some of you may want to go deep and you don't want to go do, do it right now. Some of you may not be in my world and you want to know how we can help you. Listen, we can take this and we can personalize it to you. We'll, we'd schedule a, what we call a personalized practice growth plan. It's a strategy session where, where we'll get on the phone and, and we'll just unpack your practice. And we'll look at it and we'll see what's working, what's not working. And, and, uh, and we'll give you some advice for free. There's no charge to you. The investment is your time and your attention. Um, and you're welcome to go ahead and schedule that with one of my team members. And, and then if, if it makes sense and you want to step into our world and become a member, um, then we can have that conversation. But right, but right now, let's see if we can get you the help that you need. But I'm here. Increasing getting paid. Okay, Kareem, uh, tell me your practice area. Civil litigation, divorce. Okay, so I'm going to stick with divorce for right now. Okay, um, if that's uh, unless you would you well, let me ask, would you prefer to focus on civil litigation or divorce? Okay, divorce. All right, um, divorce. Do you charge a flat fee or do you charge hourly? Flat fee. Oh, good. What do you, you differentiate between uncontested and contested? What do you charge for a flat fee? Okay. And um, do you require they pay in full before you'll go to work or do you, will you put them on payment plans? Okay, got it. 1500 to 5000 got it. Do you allow payment plans or do they require to be paid in full before you'll take the case? Usually in full, okay. Does your business come primarily from referrals or do you advertise in, like, what is, what's the split, referrals versus advertising? 
Referrals about 30%. Okay. Um, let's see. So getting paid. So you usually, to, so to be clear, you usually get most of your payments in full. So when you say getting paid, do you really mean the people that will hire you? Or are you people hiring, the people that you're letting hire you without a paying in full, they're not paying you the fee. So is it, is it, that, is it that people that you allow to hire you on a payment plan is, um, they're not paying you in full? Is that the question? Because you started with getting paid. Can I know how to get, I understand. Sometimes price point is too. Okay. So your question is, how do I get more clients that I meet with to retain me? Because they're, they're claiming that my fee is too high, right? The number one objection you feel is it? Okay. Um, may I ask what, met, where are you in the country? Are you in a city? In the, are you in a rural area? Oh my gosh. Okay. Your fees are not too high. Just let's stop right there. You're, I promise you, uh, you're welcome, Sandy. Um, your fees are not too high. Okay. So, uh, Corinne, I don't know if I'm saying it right, whether it's Corinne or Corinne, forgive me, tomato, tomato. I don't mean to. Um, okay. So, uh, here's the thing. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave Chase. Okay. Not, not because you know, it, it, I'm lazy, but because it's the right answer. The very first thing, what you need is you have a, see, price should not, if we do the micromanaging of the client experience right, price does not matter. Um, and, and in fact, I think you're not charging enough um, based on what I know about family law, especially in Jersey, New York, okay? So, um, what I would suggest to you is the first thing you need to do is you need to get your book done. Do you, do you have a, you use a book in your marketing right now? Okay, working on it. So let's get our book done. That's vital. Uh, we get the book done and what's going to happen is you're going to be able to utilize that book through micromanaging client experience. But then I want you to sit down and I want you to think about, and by the way, go uh, go on my website. If you can't find it, you can email me. Um, but it's a great video. I called it the Nancy video. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on the website under the video section. And I outline this. Uh, it's called a Nancy video. I think it's the DUI one or it's the bankruptcy one. I'm not sure which one is there. But it's, it's where I made a video that's a story of a uh, the view of a client. So the way the client sees your practice from their perspective. So I, I kind of wrote a, made a video as a story from, okay, Nancy, you know, had this happen in her life. And so she, she picked up the phone and called the law firm and here's what happened. Okay. And it, you'll see in it, it goes through step by step, stage by stage. This is how you micromanage that experience. So if you get the book, and you get the micromanaging the client experience down, 
um, I think you will find you will start to see less price elasticity, less price resistance, and you'll gain price elasticity, which means I want to see you start raising your prices once you get that in place. That's what's going to naturally happen for you. So do that, grab that, and, and it sounds like. Um, you know, it sounds like I've had, a, you know, we've had two questions, not a lot of questions, but maybe that's what I'll make the next webinar about, micromanaging the client experience, and I'll, I'll go through that step by step. But, but get the Nancy video on site. If you can't find it, again, email me, richard at therichardjames.com. I'll send you over a link, um, and I'll get you a copy of the Nancy video. But that really lays out step by step how to think about how you should communicate with your client from a micromanagement perspective. That's what I would do. I wouldn't give you any other advice. I'm sure there's other questions I could ask you. I bet you there's some holes in your sales structure that you could fix. Uh, I bet you there's some probably sales-like things you could do. But I would start with the book and the micromanaging and then work into the sales structure next. You're welcome. All right. I think we're running close to the end here, folks. 2.24. I got six minutes left. I'll give it give you one more chance to ask a question if you've got one. But uh, other than that, I'm going to call it a day. I hope this was helpful. Um, it's something I am wildly passionate about. Uh, I, I promise you, if you want your freedom, if you want to get out of chaos, if you want to gain your freedom from your law firm to, to live the life that you want to live, and by definition, I mean you can work the number of hours you want, you can do what you want when you want to do it, and, and you can have a personal wealth that, that you just feel like you're free. Um, you need this particular system in place. If you, if you don't know how to do it, if you're stuck, schedule a, a personalized practice growth plan with us. We'll go through it with you. We'll, we'll kind of unpack your practice and we'll see how we can help you. Um, my name is Richard James and, oh, one more, Liz. How would you recommend factoring a new business from existing clients in the PCLC? Okay, so, all right. So, Liz, you have... Um, are you in a business transactional? Is that right? Is it business tran transactional? Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So um, you, I'll be honest with you, I don't. So I consider a new matter inside the PCLC from an existing client basically a referral. Okay. So if I'm if I'm if I'm really if that makes up a big part of my business because I want to measure, you know, how. I, See, the biggest mistake everybody makes to think, oh, they're a client. I don't have to put them through the process. By the way, I make the same mistake, okay? When we used to sell multiple services, which we don't. We don't sell multiple services. Like, we don't – I used to write books for people. And we used to do infusion software for people. And we used to do a lot of things for people. I even used to shoot TV commercials for attorneys. We don't do any of that anymore. I'm a consulting firm and a consulting firm only. I do what I do best. It's what I'm passionate about. But when we used to do that, I would have a consulting client who I thought – who would, who would ask me about this stuff, and I would just kind of haphazardly put them through the process, and maybe they'd buy, maybe they wouldn't buy it, and I never measured it really well. And once I realized, oh, wait a second, I need to put everybody that has a new inquiry about a new matter, in my case, a new service offering that I had, I need to put them through the process, schedule a consult, structure the consult the same way, measure the outcome of the consult. The moment I did that was the moment I changed all of my math. Because all my conversions went up because everybody, we were able to convince more of the existing clients to hire. Uh, now, if it's an occasional situation, I would tell you, you, you know, you don't really want to, but it sounds like it's not an occasional situation because I'm guessing, you know, I know in business transactional, the secret to that business is taking a client who bought one thing from you and selling multiple, buying multiple services from you. 
And that's why in business transactional, if I was a lawyer and I was opening a law firm, one of the law firms I would definitely open is business transactional because the average client value can be can be much higher than in quite frankly much other many other practice areas. Um, so so uh, yes, I would run your existing client new matter sales through the same PCLC numbers. If you want to break them out separate and measure new client sales versus existing client sales, I'm not going to argue on that but I don't want to overcomplicate it. I'd rather develop one system, put everybody in one, get me that math, and then once you master that, break it into two. Fair enough? Emmanuel, I provide e-discovery services to attorneys. Could use this? Of course you could. Uh, look, so I owned a funeral home. I owned an insurance company. I owned... Um, I sell services to attorneys. I use this system for myself. My business, Emmanuel, is no different than yours, right? So, yeah, you. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if you do it only locally. I don't know if you do it nationally. Um, I don't know if you sell over the phone or if you sell in person, but you're going to generate attorneys who are going to want your services. They're going to raise their hand. You're either going to meet with them over the phone or you're going to go meet with them in person. You're going to make your presentation. They're either going to show up or they're not going to show up. You're going to make your presentation. They're going to buy. They're not going to buy. Right. And so, of course, you're going to absolutely run this process in your I, I meet with my staff every week and we have these numbers on my board. I should have showed you a picture. I could show you a picture of our whiteboard that we use every single Monday in my office. I, I teach you to do what you should do and I do what I teach you to do. I promise you this will work in your practice. Okay. And Manuel, if you have questions and you want to send me an email afterwards, go ahead because I got to wrap this up. So everybody, my name is Richard James. I hope this was helpful. I, I love building practices one system at a time. Today, we're focusing on a lead conversion system through the perfect client lifecycle. We'll talk to you again real soon. Make it a great day.